Hey, welcome to our podcast, Taco Tuesdays with Tim Goes Online. I'm Alana Becker, and I'm here again with Tim Mangler. Hey, Tim. Hey, Alana. Thanks for doing this again with me. Hey, we had a lot of fun doing it last week. This, uh, this has been exciting to do. For sure. I'm so excited to be able to start another topic. After your message on Sunday, you were talking about walking in the tension and that just seemed to be such a great topic to talk about right now when we're in this season of being in uncertainty and not really knowing what's going on and there's definitely just so much tension out there right now so I was wondering if you could dive into that more about even what does walking in the tension mean? Yeah absolutely that's that's a great topic Um, and I'd love to talk about that you know, for me, I think it starts with a place of theology. Like that's where I learned what this idea of walking in the tension is, is back when I was many years ago, back when I was in seminary, and we learned this concept as a theological method. Um, So within the, the greater realm of theology, there are three major schools of thought or three major streams of theology one is called dispensational theology, one's called covenant theology, and one's called kingdom theology. Well, for me and my perspective and how I put things together, I'm, I'm in that kingdom theology camp. For sure. Uh, now, someone who might be in the dispensational theology camp, they tend to have things lined up and in, in they, they have all their ducks in a row, so to speak, and everything is all lined up into these categories or what they call dispensations. And it's it's very organized, if you will, uh, and and that's fine. I'm you know I don't criticize that, but but the way I view scripture and the way I put together theology comes together in this category that we call kingdom theology, and what kingdom theology is is we view the kingdom of God as breaking into our present reality. Yeah. So when Jesus came and he walked on earth, of course, then he brought his kingdom and his kingdom begins to break into the reality on earth. And then Jesus tells his disciples, he says, when you pray, pray that the kingdom of heaven, as it is in heaven, as the kingdom is in heaven, would come on earth. So he invites us to pray more of the kingdom into our earthly realm. And so now we begin to develop a theological grid or framework for that. And we've got lots of different terminology for it, but the kingdom is coming, but it's not fully here. He he invites us to pray in more kingdom, but it's not fully here. Uh, The already and the not yet, uh, the inaugurated eschatology, which is a fancy way of saying the beginning of the end. So all of these ways that we look at it, we see more and more of the kingdom of Jesus breaking into our everyday lives and our current reality, but yet it's not fully here and it won't fully be here until Jesus returns. So a very practical example of that might be with something like healing. We know from scripture that by his stripes, we are healed. And Jesus tells us, he tells his disciples, including us, go pray for the sick. Actually, he says, go heal the sick. And then Paul in Corinthians uh, talks a lot about healing and the gift of healing. 
And so when we go out today, we can pray for someone for their healing and we can expect them to be healed and get well. And some do for sure. We see some miracles and then others don't. They don't get healed. In fact, they might even get worse. They might even die. That's the idea of living in the tension of the kingdom. So I believe that the kingdom of Jesus Christ is breaking into our current reality and that we have this place to be able to pray in more of the kingdom and to walk in more of the kingdom. But yet the kingdom's not fully here yet and won't be fully here until Jesus returns. Now you can take this theology and you can bring it back into the Old Testament and his ways are not my ways and things like that. But we are left to walk in this place of tension between what we know to be and what is yet to come. For sure. That's so, so great. I really um, love that. I love how you talk about even with the healing, that's really a great example of, of what it looks like when um, there's, there's those moments where we're still called to step out in faith. We're still called to do what God is asking us to do, but you know, it's, it's his choice and it's, you know, that kingdom coming there and, you know, not yet, that's, um, you know, at play there and everything. Can you tap into more, even talk about how this, this tension carries over into our everyday life? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, as you mentioned at the top, that's so important right now with the world that we're living in with so much uncertainty with this pandemic. I think it's got to start with that theological grid. We have to understand who God is, that he's good, and that his kingdom is breaking in. And then we can take that into how we approach everyday life. So, for example, right now with this, with this pandemic, you know, we're flooded with news about what's happening, this scenario, that scenario. One scientist says A, one scientist says B, and they both seem to have supporting scientific evidence. Yeah. So I think as we, as we are able to hold a kingdom theology intention, we can now begin to apply that into everyday life where I can take what scientist A says and what scientist B says, and I can hold them together before the Lord in tension. Because I know that God is in science and God is working through these scientists. And I know that he's involved in all of this, but it's coming to us in pieces. Mm -hmm. Just like the kingdom of God is not fully here yet, but it's breaking in, that applies through all areas of our life, even as we try to solve something like a viral pandemic. And so I can begin to take really whatever situation it might be, and I can hold it before the Lord in tension, and I don't have to have a hard and fast answer. And I think that's where a lot of people are getting in trouble right now with the anxiousness and the fear is they want to have certainty. They yeah. want to have control or answers. Like this idea of a global pandemic with, with no current cure, you know, it, it's enough to make someone very anxious or fearful. But if we can take the whole thing and hold it before the Lord in tension and understanding the not yet, the inbreaking of the kingdom, that God is inbreaking even within the minds of scientists, I can look at this thing with just a great deal of confidence that God is in it and I don't have to become fearful or anxious because I'm able to hold something in tension. And it, you know, it can go way beyond even just the pandemic. Uh, 
in life, oftentimes we're faced with situations where there isn't a clear choice. I yeah. could do A, I could do B. They both seem like pretty good options. Can I hold those choices before the Lord in tension and walk in that middle ground of tension for a while? Mm-hmm. And, and really what it ends up doing is it, it rubs up against some of our human nature that wants to have certainty and, and answers. You know, we just want to know what's next, right? Yeah. But I think when we can learn to walk in the tension and understand that, that God is actually in this thing and I can walk in the tension, I actually find God in that middle ground. Mm-hmm. I, I can find him in the tension Whereas if I get real locked on to one answer, like it's got to be this answer or it's got to be that answer, I might actually blind myself a little bit to what God is really doing and how his kingdom is moving. So I think as we learn to walk in the tension of everyday life, we'll actually find God in that place. That's really neat that you you say that and you share that because... Um... Because again, I think the whole point in, in all of life is about finding God. And in last week, we were talking about worship and where our attention and where our focus was and how that is, is worship. And can you, can you talk more even about that and how the tension affects the way we worship and our worship and, and how like finding God in the middle of that can maybe, maybe can be partially worship? What, what would you say? Yeah, absolutely. I think being comfortable in the tension is a huge factor when it comes to worship. Um, so let's say if, if I'm of the worldview where I have to have everything all reasoned out, I've got to have everything lined up, all my ducks have to be in a row, and then I worship from that place. Well, what happens if one of my ducks get out of line? What happens if something suddenly doesn't line up anymore? What if I met with uh, unmet expectations or disappointments? What if my theology begins to crumble? Now, how do I worship? I mean, you think about it. If your theology comes down to having all your ducks in a row, and then something happens circumstantially that kicks one of the ducks out of line, now I'm going to have a little bit of trouble worshiping because now it's affecting what I understood about God. Yeah. But if I can walk in a place of tension, if I can understand that his kingdom is breaking in, but it's not fully here, if I can understand that his ways are not my ways, then I don't have to keep all my ducks in a row to be able to worship from the deep place. Because if some part of my understanding, if some part of my theological grid gets whacked out of shape a little bit, it doesn't affect my overall theology because my theology had this framework of I'm okay with the tension. I'm okay with the already and the not yet. I'm okay with the not knowing. And so I can still worship from a deep place even when things didn't go maybe quite the way I thought they should. Yeah. I think, I think, um, when, with this idea of walking in the tension, if we can't walk in the tension, we're actually at odds with the God of mystery. Mm. We're at odds with the sovereignty of the Lord 
who his ways are not our ways. And, you know, Paul talks about the unexplainable riches of the kingdom, the riches of the kingdom. Paul talks about how he saw things that, that weren't, weren't for him to see and he couldn't explain. There's this mystery. There's this thing that God is so much bigger than us. And so as I develop this idea of walking in tension, it actually leads me deeper into worship because I have a greater paradigm. I have a greater openness to understand that God is going to do something maybe beyond me or beyond what I thought or beyond what I wanted. And so I think walking in tension actually will lead us into deeper places of worship. That's really beautiful. And as you as you share, it reminds me of, you know, how God calls us not to lean on our own understanding, you know, and I don't think that means like leave your, check your brain, you know, at the door and not, don't think, but you know, that he's asking us to trust. And I, I think that that, you know, feeds into the history that you've had with God, you know, because you're not trusting in what's happening around you, like the uncertainty or the ducks moving and, but you're trusting in, in someone that you've had history with. Could, could you even like, ta- like speak more into that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's great. So a story comes to my mind right away. Uh, this was, this was kind of right before the pandemic really kicked in. I think it was the beginning of March. The Lord gave me a very specific dream related to the finances of our church. And in that dream, he showed me an exact number like down to the exact dollar that was, wow. that was going to come into our church through the offering. And, and the dollar amount was kind of insane. It was kind of like way beyond what you could have expected normally. Yeah, okay. And then so I went right away and I shared that dream uh, with the person who was in charge of counting our offering. Yeah. And then, and then sure enough, that week then – over the course of the whole weekend, not just Sunday morning, but going into Monday with the online giving and everything and, and the checks that came in the mail Monday morning, it ended up totaling that exact amount that the Lord showed me in a dream. And again, the number was kind of out there. Yeah. And so it just really struck me that God sees that level of detail even into the future. Yeah. So that in a dream, he could show me the exact dollar amount that was going to come in. And then that exact dollar amount did come in. So he showed me that he sees the future and he shows me that he can reveal it to us if he wants to. And then he showed me that he's watching out for us and protecting us because this was just prior to the pandemic when of course finances got much more difficult for people. And so this builds on that history you talked about. So yeah. now I've got yet another story, a, a proven tangible story where I watched God do something very specific and, and just kind of to the point where it blew me away. And so I add that to my story. And so now as we're two months into the pandemic, I can continue to walk in tension of the uncertainty of not knowing what's going to happen and how things are going to work out. I can continue to be comfortable in that tension because I can revert back to that dream, to that memory, this history I have with God and how he worked. And I thought, you know what, if he can tell me to the exact dollar amount, how much money is going to come in, I can walk in tension. 
I, yeah. I can continue to be comfortable in this uncomfortable place and walk in the tension and trust him to work out the details because he already sees them. Yeah, that's so good. Cause I think finances is, finances is, I think one of the harder things to walk in tension with, you know, like, will the bills be paid? Will this, you know, be taken care of? But with that history and with that, that story specifically, you know, when you go to look at the bank account, whatever number it is, you know, you're not the only one looking at it. You know that God is sitting there with you looking at that number. He knows where things are at. And so you can sit in the tension with that moving forward and with, you know, specifically with finances, but you can apply that to everything else. Uh, but yeah, it builds so much when you have those moments. Yeah. And it, it, you know, it's even helping me because like, I continue to feel like the Lord is saying, press into evangelism, press into outreach. Now is the time. Now is the time to move forward with the kingdom. So I continue to feel this unction and urgency from the Lord to press into evangelizing and outreach. But in our day and age, evangelism and outreach tend to cost money. And so there's this tension of, oh my gosh, giving is way less than what it would normally be. But I can continue to walk in the tension of pressing forward with outreach despite lower income because I see how God has provided and spoken in that provision of his nature. I and so, that. you know, I, I think this comes down to, to this idea of the goodness of God, right? Yeah. I can walk in the tension of the uncertainty of the not knowing simply because of the goodness of God. And, and the character and the nature. And as you talked about with, with your history, your personal history of God, your story with God, you're building on that, that uh, character, that, that nature of who God is and your understanding of him. And when we get to this place of just knowing the goodness of God, then we can keep walking in the tension and the uncertainty of the circumstances around us. Right. I think that's so good. I think it's really good to separate what you're talking about is we're talking about walking in the tension, but we're talking about walking in tension of circumstance in the life around us. We're not talking about walking in tension of, is God good? We're not asking that question. We're, we're coming from that perspective of knowing. We know God's good. We know his character and, and the history with God helps that. But we're talking, walking in the tension of what's around us, what's surrounding us in circumstances. Yeah, absolutely. That was a great way to summarize that. Our, our idea of walking in tension starts, like I said, rooted in theology. It's, just, it's a theological construct based on the goodness of God. Yeah. And then that allows us to walk in tension in unforeseen circumstances, you know, earthly circumstances around us. Definitely. That's so good. Um, so kind of even just wrap things up for today. I was wondering if you could share some simple things that we could do uh, to learn to walk in the tension or some choices, you know, things that we can do to, because um, I think there's tension out there. What, what can we do to practically walk this out? Yeah, yeah. It's one of those things that's a little bit nebulous, like how, because walking in the tension is itself nebulous. So then how do you go about doing that? Um, and I think one of the things that we have to start with is uh, trying to trying to put our finger on what what might be causing us uh, stress, what might be causing us fear, what might be causing us to become anxious. Is it the pandemic? Is it other things? 
but what are some of those earthly circumstances? And even if they're just anecdotal, but what are some of those circumstances that might be causing us stress? And then try to bring those before the Lord and simply ask, is there a place in this where I can walk in tension? Is there a place in this where I can bring this before the Lord and let him show me what an alternative might be for me and, and how I can, you know, sort of release this thing to him. So on, on sort of like the spiritual side of this thing, identify the things that are stressing you and then bring them before the Lord and, and just let him guide you and lead you. Is there a place where I can walk in tension with this thing? And then more on like the practical earthly side, the physical side of it, uh, sometimes I think that we, we have to meter our information flow. Yeah. Sometimes what can be causing us the stress or the, to get too bogged down on A versus B is our, our information flow. And so maybe it's we need to back off on how much information we're taking in. Maybe we're like watching 12 hours of, of TV news right now and that's just too much. Or maybe we're only taking in news or information from one source, and then we need to take in information and news from other sources, as many other sources as possible, because it brings in that broader perspective, which will invite us by necessity to then walk in tension. Um, I share this story all the time. Like, I don't just watch american news in fact at this point i watch very little american news but i'll watch news from all over the world i'll watch british news i'll watch african news i read i don't tend to watch it i read it yeah um and i tell you what when you start getting news information whether it's just the the events of the day or medical journals or whatever it might be as you start to read sources from other places of the world it's really going to rub up against some of the sources that we're used to hearing here in the United States. And so I just encourage people broaden where you're getting information from because it sort of by, by default forces you to walk in tension a little bit more. And then very much related to that, um, one of my seminary professors had talked about this and then Phil Strout, the national director of the vineyard talks about this read people you disagree with. If there's a certain topic that is maybe stressing you out a little bit, find some people that you really disagree with and, and read them, read what they have to think about it. Because again, it's going to force you into a middle ground of tension. Um, that's, that's a concept within kingdom theology is the radical middle. And the radical middle is a place of tension. I don't have to go way off to the left and I don't have to go way off to the right. And I don't mean those terms politically. I just mean on any given topic, I can swing one way or the other, but the most radical place to be is in the middle. And so finding ways in everyday life to, to refrain yourself from going radically one way or the other and being in that middle ground keeps you in tension. That's so great. Thanks, Tim. Uh, I really appreciate you taking the time today to talk through this topic and hopefully that's been um, as helpful for those who are listening and I just want to say thanks to everyone for joining us. Our Taco Tuesday with Tim goes online and we'd love to have you join us next week. Thanks Alana. Thanks Tim.
Bye. Bye.